everybody. This is Mike Nolan with Shadow on the Water. Thank you for joining us again. I'm so excited to share with you. So um, today I'd just like to talk about our identities and give some testimonies. Uh, just to tell you some of the things that God has been doing because we are called to do the things that Jesus does. It means that we will when we step into the our identities as sons and daughters, we go about our father's business and we can do everything that Jesus did. In fact, we're called to do everything that Jesus did. If you can imagine this, the great joy of becoming a Christian is that you become a little Christ. It's crazy. You don't just join something that will hopefully pay off in the end. It's even more. You're joining up into the family of God. You receive the Holy Spirit who gives you power to become a child of God. And you will then go about doing your father's business. Who you are changes when you become Christian, when you're baptized. You literally die in baptism. Let me just explain this really quickly. Um, you know, when, you, when you're baptized, think about this. A lot of us don't go go there because we're baptized when we're babies. You literally die. There was a first flood in Noah's time. And, uh, you know, the, the name Noah in Hebrew is Noach. It's a nun chet. Noach. It means to rest. Nach. Nun chet means rest. So... Noah just rested on the boat while God redeemed him. Isn't that cool? God was washing away all the evil while Noah was resting. It's kind of like in the, the, uh, sorry, in the creation story on the seventh day, when God rested, he sanctified and made holy. So it's during rest that you get sanctified. You rest and God acts. Physically, you rest. Spiritually, God is acting. You, 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 that's what surrendering to Jesus is. When you say, Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Take care of everything. What do you do? You put your heart to sleep. Remember the, uh, the surrender novena? You put your heart to sleep. He says something in the surrender novena that's like, it is against this surrender to worry, right? It's against it. To worry or to think about it or to kind of let it ruminate in your mind you literally have to put your heart to sleep you got to take a nap your spiritual nap and just let that belong to God and you go to sleep it's like Jesus in the boat sleeping on the cushion while the storm is raging surrender it over to the Lord you go to sleep Noah's sleeping God is washing all the evil away right and then when Noah, um, you know, in Genesis 8, he builds the first altar. God takes his bow of war. In, in Hebrew, it's a keshet. He takes that bow of war and like of destruction and he hangs it in the sky. So there's that rainbow. It's a, it's a terrifying thing. It's his weapon that he just destroyed every living thing with. He hangs it in the sky and says, I will never do that again. I'll never destroy all of mankind in that way again. And that's his promise is that he hangs the bow in the sky. So when you see a rainbow next time, tremble. That's a sign to you that God is almighty and to be feared. <laughs> and, and he has a weapon of mass destruction, but he's promised not to use it. Well, you know, in Jesus' time, Kind of like when all these vectors are converging. You have the Roman road system. You have the you had the Greek Renaissance. You have um, all these ancient uh, prophecies, and all the ancient religions of the world had prophecies of some kind of savior coming. And all of this converges on the time of Jesus, so that you know the world the, is connected with the Roman roads and. Um, you know, it's amazing because Rome is considered an empire basically the moment Jesus comes. Like the Ars Pacis in Rome was dedicated the year one 
AD, the altar of peace. And the, and the very first Roman emperor who's celebrating this sort of time of prosperity and peace is Caesar Augustus. So, um, amazingly, it all converges on that time. And here, God actually takes up his bow of war again. And he fires at the world this weapon of mass destruction because of our sins. But God also stands in the way. And he takes the whole flood. It is, it's the second flood. It hits him in the hands, like the arrows from that bow hits him in the hands and the feet and in the side. Fight, you know, God fired the, the arrows from his keshet. And he blocked the arrows with his body. He transformed the waters of the flood into the waters of baptism, which is the water, blood and water that gush forth. He mixed his blood with that water of the flood that gush forth from his heart, from his side, from his rib. And just like Eve was taken from Adam's rib, the new Eve was taken from the new Adam's rib. The new Eve is Our Lady and all of her children. Okay, all of us. There's the older son, younger son happening here. The older son is, is um, the first Adam. The younger son is Jesus. There's, you know, if you look at all the older son, younger son re relationships in the Old Testament, they all point back to this. The older son, the first Adam, the younger son, Jesus. Here's Jesus taking the whole flood. So he dies, transforms the waters of the flood into the waters of life, right? So we're recreated in these waters of baptism. It's a gentle death for us. We get immersed in baptism into the second flood. But it's a gentle death. Jesus took the, the violence, absorbed it in his body, and transformed it into the these, uh, these, this, this new primordial water. It's like the waters of Our Lady, the amniotic fluid of Our Lady's womb. It's just like the primordial waters where the, the Holy Spirit came and um, hovered over the waters. And then the first thing that happens is God says, let there be light. He starts to draw order out of the chaos. The Holy Spirit overshadows Mary. Let there be light. And the light came into the world, right? And Jesus came into her womb. Same thing happens with you and me. We soak in those waters and gestate in there and are, we're recreated into Christ Jesus. The waters of baptism, we're recreated. We die and we rise with Jesus. So we are a new creation. In baptism, you, your old self, your mom, descended from your mom and dad, grandma and grandpas, all the way up to the first Adam. That you has died no longer exists. You have a new mom, Our Lady, a new dad. Well, your new dad is the firstborn, Jesus, right? And then through him, you're directly descended from the Father in heaven. So you have a new lineage, a new lineage. You're a new creation. Because of that, you are in the family of God. This is you passing through Jesus' Paschal mystery. He did this for us. He did it all. He absorbed the violence of it, and all we have to do is get a little dunk when we're a baby. <laughs> but we are recreated in Christ Jesus. And then we're in a new family. We have a new identity and a new um, heritage, new family line, new family of origin. We do very little. We just repent and believe, basically, is what we do. <laughs> And Jesus does all this massive work of restoration, washing our robes clean in the blood of the Lamb. Amazing what God does, how he acts. For our part, it is to rest. It is to believe. It is to repent and believe. And rest and let him save. Put our faith in his power. I just love that. I absolutely love it. Okay, so you're resting. You are in the family of God now. So who you are and what you do is one thing. You can now operate from that identity. And whenever we do the thing we do not want to do, like St. Paul says, we kind of are persisting in this identity crisis. 
We're, we, we, we need renewal of the mind to come into the full, just to understand fully who we are. And when you know who you are and you sleep in it, you rest in it, you stand on it, you operate from it, then it's a very natural thing because who you are is part of the family of God. The inheritance is the Holy Spirit. And then your good works are empowered supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. You, the way that you interact with people is filled with the power of God, is mediated by the Holy Spirit. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to try and be good and happy and nice without the Holy Spirit. We weren't made to do it on our own. We're made to do it in total communion with God. But we have this identity crisis and so it's difficult for us to allow God to love us. It's difficult for us to really believe that we have the Holy Spirit. But another thing that we don't do is we don't consecrate our rest to the Lord. We don't let him minister to us in our rest because we think it's on us. It's really on him. Our holiness is his job. He's the one that makes people holy. For us, it's to believe. It's to believe that he will do that for us and to end up you know, like the surrender novena. Jesus, you take care of everything. I put my, I surrender to you. I'm going to lie down and I'm going to let you act. So consecrate your nighttime with this huge chunk of time, like seven, eight hours every single day. That is not wasted time. You can consecrate that time to God and ask him to minister to you in your sleep. It's amazing when you do that. It is amazing. Consecrate your sleep to God. Give him permission. Say, come and, and rejuvenate me, refresh me, renew me in your Holy Spirit. You will have dreams that are uh, filled with truth and encouragement. I have people coming to me in my dream and praying over me in my dreams. I have people encouraging me. I'm in, in wonderful situations. And when I have a disturbing dream, I know it's, the Holy Spirit waking some place of pain up in my heart, and I pray through it, and God gives me even more freedom. Disturbing dreams are not a bad thing. They're actually your heart getting to unpack. We can talk about that on another podcast. I can't wait to talk about that. But you are truly in the family of God, and you have all the rights and benefits that come, come with them. I'm a son. I am complete. I have everything that I need. I have the Holy Spirit. And then you can just offer, offer um, when the Lord taps you on the shoulder. So I'm just going to give you a, a, an example. Uh, my wife and I were on a date the other night. We go on a date once a week. Thank you, Jesus. He, and our lady, our lady actually told me in Medjugorje when I was on pilgrimage, she said, you need to take Annie on a date once a week. So that was a couple of years ago. First 20-some years of our life, we did not go out ever. I think we went out once a year at Christmas time, we did our Christmas shop, and it was my favorite night because we would just go get a burger somewhere, just the two of us, and I loved it. But um, so our lady was like, "You needed," and thank God she did because we just needed to build our friendship to get through, um, you know, everything that was coming. And so a couple of years ago, we started going out, and uh, once a week, and it's been heaven. I love it; it's my favorite night, and we. Here we are. Um, the other night we went out. We had a wonderful dinner at a dive pizza place. It was fantastic. <laughs> and we're like, why don't we go here more often? We don't have to go to some place and spend more money. You know, let's go to this place. It's it's cheap and it's delicious. We were just, uh, it was wonderful. So uh, afterwards we took a walk. And we're walking around the old uh the place where we lived when we were first married, it was really beautiful. So it was kind of like reconnecting to that. And uh, we used to take tons of walks around the river where we used to live. Uh, it's kind of downtown-ish. And we just had this wonderful walk. And I kept saying, you know, during the early part of our marriage, if I, I always wanted to walk further, but the kids can only take so much. So it was always kind of like, oh, no, we need to go back. We need to call it quits now. But now that the kids are a little bigger, we can be like, I'd be like, hey, can we walk all the way over there? And Annie's just like, sure. It's just like, yes, all the no's from when the kids were little and she was pregnant and not feeling well are now yeses. I love it. Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. So we took this extra long walk. It was so fun. 
we got up on this bridge and there was an old man an older man up there he lived in like this project building like uh, that was right by there he pointed to it and showed us but we just struck up a conversation with him and uh i asked him if we could pray over him you know because why not like uh here he is here we are and for so long in my life i've thought well no, no no we don't we don't go there with them it needs to be a gentle thing and we'll pray for him and just by our example. No, 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 no. The Lord has renewed my mind. You are filled with the power of God. He needs to hear the gospel. Everyone needs to hear the gospel. So we offered to pray for him. He said, okay. So I prayed for his feet because he was sitting in this like little walker thing and he didn't feel anything right away. But Annie got a word while I was praying for him that his wife had just died and that she had forgiven him and was in a good place. So she said, sir, can I just ask you, did your wife die recently? And he said, yes, she died four months ago. And Annie was so bold, she put her hand on his hand and said, I just heard from Jesus that your wife is in a good place and that she forgives you. And the look on that guy's face <laughs> it was beautiful. But then it started to pour rain. And so he just scooted away on his thing to get back to his place and we went the opposite direction to get back to our car we're running along and it starts pouring so we get to um we get to this building that's by a park and we're probably a good mile from the car and there's a front porch on this little maintenance building at this park so we just ran up there to just get out of the rain for a, a second and just kind of collect our bearings and see if maybe it would pass and there's four other people up on on the on this porch just random people so as we're standing there it was so fun just that feeling of getting caught in the rain you know it was just super super fun and uh, we're like what do we do this is ridiculous and we're it's you have like a solidarity with the other people who are seeking shelter you know all of a sudden you're just like kind of friends because you're all stuck in this predicament together and uh so as we're sitting there for a little bit waiting for it to pass we say a few polite things to those folks and then I was like, Lord, I kind of looked up and I was like, I really don't want to pray with anybody right now. We're on a date, you know, I, but do you want me to? I mean, I don't know why. I was just kind of wanted to get back to my car. And I felt the Lord say this. Why do you think you are stuck on a porch with these random people and it is pouring rain and you cannot escape? <laughs> He's like, why did you think I stuck you there? You can't leave. They can't leave. You guys are together. This is your opportunity, Mike. So I was like, all right, Lord. So I asked him to show me something. So I just turned to the girls and I said, is one of you in nursing school? And they both looked at me and said, no. <laughs> there are these two girls sitting on a bench right next to us. And I was like, well, why do you have name tags? And they looked at us and said, well, we're missionaries. We're uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, praise God. It's like, we're missionaries too. We go all over the place. So it started a conversation. I said, well, you know, I was praying for you and I just saw a stethoscope around. Um, and it was particularly one of them. And then uh, we prayed and I saw that she had an aunt who was very caring and very loving. And she's like, I was like, you have this? Is that true? She said, yeah, I do. And I was like, well, who is it? And she named her. And I was like, well, that those qualities that your aunt has, this is what the Lord has shown me, you have. And I was like, you have um, a real ability to care for people and love them the same way that you, and you kind of disarm them. People feel at peace around you. And it's the same kind of characteristic you see in your aunt, you also have. And then Annie, my wife said, that's why he saw a stethoscope because you can hear people's hearts. And the girl was visibly moved. And, and Annie saw like a large, uh, an angel behind her too. And she shared that with her as well. So the girl was really moved. You know, they were kind of mystified. And so I kind of explained to them about the, the gift of prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, in verse three, it is for the upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation of the church. So uh, then we prayed for the other girl and uh, Annie saw a, a, a huge sunflower and the sunflower tracking the sun. You know, it's a, such a beautiful, how sunflowers kind of move the, their face to track the sun through the day. And it's such a beautiful image for prayer. And then she had a little interpretation of that. I saw the name Andy and I said, do you see nobody's named Andy? And she said, 
no. And I was like, do you know anybody? Because I just saw that name. She said, well, actually, uh, they're one of my really good friends. His dad was named Andy. and But I kind of fell out of friendship with my friend. But he just wrote me a couple days ago for the first time in a long time. So it's really interesting that you'd say that. And I asked Jesus, like, why are you bringing up the dad? And Jesus said, ask her what he said to her. So I was like, what did uh, your friend's dad, Andy, say to you? Did he ever say anything to you? She said, no. I was like, is there anything he ever said? Is there anything you remember? She said, well, the only thing I remember him ever saying to me is, boy, you're short. (laughs) So as we prayed a little further into it, Annie had some images, and we just kind of saw that the Lord has more for her than what she thinks she's able to do. That's what he showed me. And I saw her with books and kind of like, I don't know, either studying or teaching or something. And I just saw, I said, you know, I think God just has way more for you than what you think you're capable of to not put yourself in some kind of box, not to, and it came to me right then, not to think you're too short. You're too short. And so you're limited to, to this or this, but that God can do so much with you to go with what he sees. And then Annie said, that's why I saw a sunflower. It's the tallest flower. And they're like, whoa. So just the way it unfolded in, in our prayer, it was beautiful. And they were visibly moved. They said, can we get your number? And they were just so excited. So it was really a time of building. And then we ran off and because uh, the rain lightened up and we got to our car and it was so fun. My, my point of sharing this story is like we we're able to just to build them up. That's what a prophecy is for, is to build them up. And when you get built up in the Holy Spirit, you can see in your own heart what doesn't match. You can feel immediately. It shines a light on what doesn't match with what God is building in you. There's this great line in Scripture. St. Paul says something like, Brothers, have you forgotten? It is the kindness of Jesus that leads to repentance. The kindness of Jesus that leads to repentance. So it's like as you get built up in the Spirit, it draws you towards repentance because you can immediately feel, you get convicted. The Holy Spirit convicts. You feel the presence of God. You feel the truth about who you are. And then the things that don't match with that come into the light. And you you have this desire for repentance. The examples are like Zacchaeus. You know, Jesus just was kind to him. I will eat with, I will dine with you tonight. And he immediately, half my possessions I will give to the poor. And anyone I've cheated, I will repay fourfold. Or um, Peter, um, as soon as Jesus tells him, cast your net on that side. He throws his net over, pulls in so many fish. He immediately says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. He immediately repents from Jesus' kindness. And that's, that's how God is. God is kinder to us than we would be to ourselves. Oh my goodness, I see a bluebird out my window right now. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's always a, a, a beautiful little sign for us of Our Lady. To, okay, here's another example. One time um, we went uh, to Sam's Club and standing there, there was a lady who works there at San, Sam's Club. Annie was doing what she was doing. And the Lord told me, I want you to pray for her. Okay, so I started to pray from her from afar. And I just put my hand up and I was like, Jesus, bless her, bless her, just bless her, bless her, Lord. And the Lord said, I want, I, I want you to tell her how much I love her and how much I hear her prayers. I said, okay, Lord. Um, so I just said, Lord, just show her how much you love her. Show her, show her how much you love her. Show her how much you answer her prayers. And then I felt the Lord say, I can't do it unless you go tell her. <laughs> so this was the part that I had to take a risk. So I thought, oh boy, okay. So I walked up over by this lady who worked at, at Sam's Club, and I was just like, I just started browsing on the shelves next to her, like looking around, hmm, like I was looking at these <laughs> items that I really had no interest in. And she, and then she, she kind of like walked closer to me and said, is there something I can help you find? And I was like, oh, great. I was like, and it, I was like, well, could you help me? And then I was like, uh, whatever. I actually have a, a a word for you from Jesus. Is it okay if I share that with you? <laughs> like I was gonna play it off, and I realized there's nothing you can do at this point. I'm like just break the fourth wall and just tell her you want to pray with her. And she said, really? So I said, yeah. I just heard Jesus saying how much He loves you, and how much He hears your prayers. 
and he's going to answer your prayers. And she burst into tears. And she started to tell me all the things that have just been going wrong. Like her computer had just um, died and her something was going on uh, with her grandson and all this stuff. But she's been praying so hard and she needed to hear that, that God is hearing her prayers. She needed to hear. You know, when you get locked in your own head and your own heart, it's just like you against the world. And when it, someone comes from the outside and speaks truth over you, it brings you back to reality. Um, it says in Psalm 23, uh, he returns my soul, or it's, it's nafshi yeshovav in, um, in uh, Hebrew. Um, he returns my soul. It actually it means he like brings me, brings back my sanity. He brings back, you know, uh, nefesh. It means like inner man. Nafshi yeshovav. He returns my, it, it, it can be translated, he returns my psyche. He brings me back to reality. And that's what the shepherd does. He shepherds you back into the light, back into the truth, which is Christianity, which is the mind of the Father. That is reality. And everything else that we, you know, that's why uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Why? Because my ways are above your ways. As high as the heavens are above the sea, so are my ways above your ways. So reality is 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 God's mind and his perspective. And then we need, we need the Holy Spirit to bring us into reality. Um, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, right? Um, prophecy, St. Paul says, is paraclesis. It's the same word. It's just a tiny shift in the morphology. It's, uh, when it says encouragement, it's for the upbuilding and encouragement. Paraclesis is what it says in Greek. We say encouragement. St. Paul wrote paraclesis. So para means to be close by, and kaleo means to call. So it's calling you close by. It calls you close by God. It calls you into God. That's why the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He is the inner exchange of love between the Father and the Son. It's the inner life of the Trinity. He is the paraclete. He draws us in. He calls us close by. calls us into the to the Trinity itself. He gives us the power to become part of that family, to become children of God. He calls us in. And prophecy, St. Paul says, is the exact same thing. So it's bringing us into reality. So here I am speaking these words to this woman, and it causes her to burst into tears. All of that. She's just a lady working there, just doing her job, and she looks totally fine on the outside. You have no clue she's going through that, uh, that struggle on the inside. Interiorly, you can look at anybody on the street and it's the same. You have no clue. And they need to hear truth spoken over them. And you, because you have the Holy Spirit, do not need to prepare your words because you don't know what they need. You have no clue what, what somebody's battle is. You can talk to your blue in the face trying to tell them truth. And it might land, it might not. But when you ask the Holy Spirit, what is your heart for this person? He'll give you exactly the tiny bit of words that they need to hear. Uh, and so the lady just wept. She she wept and wept. I mean, she was a waterfall crying, this lady in uh, um, uh, Sam's Club. She walked away, you know, was doing her stuff, came back over. We, we ran into each other again, and she gave me a huge hug and just said, you are my miracle. You are my miracle, and started weeping all over again. <laughs> so I don't know how things ended up with her, but I know that the Holy Spirit encouraged her, built her up, and I know how the power of God works. He doesn't say thing, something without doing it. Here's a great phrase. A God word is a God action. What he says, he does. So I know it brought her to an incredible place because I know how other prophetic words I've given have ended up. God has given me the grace of knowing the fruits of a lot of them so that I have faith for all the ones that I don't know about because it was for strangers. Isn't it beautiful though? You can walk and change the um, change the atmosphere of the different rooms you go in, of the different places you go to, and you, you know you think, well, there's the Eucharist and there's priests, and then I need to just pray. No, 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 no. There is the Eucharist and there are priests and there are plenty of holy people out there, but they don't make it to aisle seven <laughs> in Sam's Club at the time when that lady needs to hear the truth. You do, okay? I did. I was there. The Lord gave me the word. I have the power of God in me. 
And that is my sphere of influence. How do you know what your sphere of influence is? It's wherever you go. Where do you go during the day? Those are your spheres of influence. And that's where God wants to break in and become manifest through you. Remember the catechism says, it is man's vocation to make God manifest, cooperating with his creation in the image and likeness of God. That's your vocation. Incredible. So these are just the ways that he does it. Um, I'm trying to think of another. So uh, uh, there, I had an awesome experience. I was sitting on my porch and um, this lady pulled up in, a, in an Amazon truck jumped out, no, I think it was either Amazon or FedEx. I think it was FedEx, actually. She jumped out to deliver um, what she was delivering, brought it up on the porch, and Jesus told me, pray over her. (laughs) I was like, you know, whenever he says that, I'm usually like, oh, because I'm like, I just don't want to break the ice. Once I break the ice and take the risk, from that moment on, it is heaven, and it's just the joy of the kingdom, but it just takes that faith of taking a risk. It's a small risk. You know, who's going to be mad at you for saying, can I pray for you? 99.9% of people in the world will say, sure. So I said, I was like, okay, Lord, what do I say? Just ask her if you can pray for her. So I was like, hey, is there anything you need prayer for? And she looked at me right away and she said, yes. And she turned into a child. She went from, you know, this grown woman to like a four-year-old in front of my eyes. And so I just started, I said, okay, um, Oh, what can I pray for? He said, well, my family. So I just started praying for her, and I saw all this stuff about her family. It was amazing. The Lord shared it with me because he is generous, and he wants to speak truth over her. The tears just started flowing. I saw her brother, and I said, you have a brother? He said, yes. I was like, he's going through an uncertain time. She's like, yeah, he's he's trying to start a business right now. And then I saw like something like, um, I saw like, uh, I can't remember, I think it was his dad her brother's dad. And you'd think it would be their, both of their dads, but I just saw it was his dad, and it turns out they have different fathers, you know? So as I'm praying, uh, I keep bringing up each thing, and she keeps confirming it, and uh, the Lord just gives uh, more interpretation, and like then the two of us agree in the name of Jesus and just pray all this blessing on her brother and all this peace for her his heart, and then for other areas of her life too. I can't remember everything we went into, but it was amazing. And she just sat there weeping the whole time like a little four-year-old. We finished the prayer, and uh, heartbreak. I was praying with this, this um, picture that I have of Jesus that is beautiful, and I love it. And it had just been given to me. And Jesus said, give it to her. And I was like, no, Jesus, I don't want to give her this picture. It's like my, this is, I'm, I gate, like just, it was like a visio divina kind of thing where you just gaze into the eyes of Jesus, his face. And I was like, no, Jesus, please, I don't want to give me. He's like, just give it to her, Mike. I was like, all right, fine. So I just took it and I was like, and this is for you. And I handed it to her and she was so moved and then she like ran off to her truck and left so as i walked inside i opened my phone and somebody had sent me a word (laughs) and it said mike you give jesus away you give jesus away to everyone you meet isn't that beautiful i was like oh my gosh thank you lord (laughs) so what a confirmation and it's just like i was so built up like i went from wherever i was in my head on the porch, which is usually not the best place, to just the joy of of the reality that I'm a son. I am a son, and I go about my father's business, and he loves me, and I love him. He celebrates me. I celebrate him. He, you know, I've asked the Lord to be exalted in my life, be glorified in my life. If I leave a footprint on the earth when I die, you know, you, you know, what's your carbon footprint? Or like, Uh, If I leave a footprint, let it be the glory of God. Let the footprint I leave be your glory, Lord. And so what does God do? When you do that, he's like, okay, I'm going to make you glorified. That Now I can, you've unchained my hands to exalt you. That's what Our Lady did. She, She said yes to the Lord in the very first decade of the rosary. What happens in the very last decade? Crowned queen of heaven. That's his end game. He wants to exalt you. He wants to lift you up. The catechism says that God, you know, Jesus became man in order to make us gods, like to draw us up in, to make us divine. 
he became, so he's like uniting us. He wants to marry us for the two to become one flesh, right? That's the eschaton. So anyway, those are the promises. That's all, uh, yada, 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 yada. Praise God. So, but, but it happens in these simple ways. You have everything that you need. Um, it does take some maturity and it takes um, kind of growing in the gifts, but these are the spiritual gifts. It's the Holy Spirit and his power. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's very interesting. Like we usually, it took a little renewal of the mind for me because I would think, well, Lord, let me disappear and let you, let them only see you. Let me disappear. And we hear things like that in prayers and stuff. But the Lord has been like, no, 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 Mike. <laughs> it is man's vocation to make God manifest. Like I want to become manifest in your face, Mike. I want people to look at your face and see me in your eyes, right? So precisely the opposite. I don't want you to disappear. I want them to run smack dab into you. And I'm saying this to each one of you out there. He wants to run in. He wants people to encounter you, to look in your face, to look into your eyes, to hear your voice, to be in your presence and then become manifested in you to them because he it's in your communion with God it's in your intimacy with God that he will then shine himself through you to them and they will come to know God very very profound in the in the uh, the the priestly blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 6 he tells them to to pray over the people in this way. So in the Hebrew, it actually can mean this. Ya'er Adonai panav alaycha. May the Lord shine his face on you. We think of it as sort of like the sun shining on us. Like the God's face is above us and he's looking at us and shining his face on us. That's one interpretation, but it could also be this. May the Lord shine his face on you. May, may he put his face on over your face or in your face and shine it like your face becomes a flashlight that shines forth the light of God okay may he shine his face on on you may his face be on your face shining forward that amazing and then uh, may God carry his face nasa means to lift or carry so may he carry his face on you you may he like like imagine him taking his face off of himself and then like sticking it onto you and carrying it on you so that people come to know God by looking at your face like in Medjugorje one of our ladies messages she would say like um people to see God in our smile to see God in our face to see God reflected in our in our joy in our smile in our face there's this great story in Medjugorje where this guy, um, his name's Niall. He's, he was like a professional uh, soccer player, or they would say football player in Ireland. And he went to Medjugorje, you have to hear his whole testimony, but he went to Medjugorje, met one of the guys in the Chanakolo community who sort of um, evangelized him. But he was angry because he had had this injury and he was just really upset with God, Niall was. And he was like, he was angry. And he said, but something about that conversation with that man at Chanakolo it inspired him to just say, he said, reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. So he prayed for a whole year. Reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me, to Jesus. Reveal yourself. And then a year later, he's back on the soccer field in Dublin, I believe. The coach says, hey, we got another guy who wants to practice with our club because he's he needs a workout. And so they're like, they invite this guy in and they do their whole workout. At the end, Niall looks at him and he goes, wait a minute. I know you. It was the very guy from Chinacolo from a year before. And he's, as he looked at him, he saw Jesus in the man's face. And he was totally converted. Since then, he's been like on mission trips to poor countries. He's lived like in the United States, um, serving the homeless. He has given himself to Jesus 100%. But it came from seeing Jesus in the face of the very man that had evangelized him before. 
And it took a whole year of him saying, reveal yourself to me. Where did God want to reveal himself? Um, it wasn't at church. It wasn't in the Eucharist. And Niall is very devoted to the Eucharist now. Okay, It brought him to the Eucharist. But it wasn't in, in the Bible. It was in the face of the very man who had been evangelizing him to begin with. That's how God wants to reveal himself, is through us. He wants to carry his face on us. At the end of the, of the priestly blessing that's outlined in Deuteronomy 6, it says, if you bless the people this way, I will set my name on them. That's what it says. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Or I will put my name on them. So you, it's like they'll come to know Jesus in you. You'll have his name on you, his face on you. That's just phenomenal. It's just incredible. So you, being a part of the, of the family of God, have everything you need in you to bring God and make him manifest in the places that you go. Think of another story. I was uh, Christmas shopping with my wife in Meyer. We went through the checkout line, and the guy who rang us up, it was kind of like this young guy. He looked like he was uh, kind of in that party crowd, you know. <laughs> he's busy there's people talking and stuff but i felt the lord say i want you to give him a word and i was like okay you know i'm not giving words to everybody i walk by it's just when the lord i try to just follow the holy spirit well what do you want me to say and he said tell him he's filled with gifts and so i just said hey uh as the guy finished checking us out there's another person right behind us because it's christmas time there's a long line so i knew i didn't have time to sit here and pray with the guy and evangelize him but just a short word i said Hey, I just heard from the Holy Spirit that you are filled with gifts. And the guy literally flinched back. Like he, it kind of shocked him backwards. And he said, whoa, I got goosebumps. Thanks, man. Thank you. And he was visibly, it just like shocked him. And something showed up, you know. There was a movement of power in my words that literally pushed him backwards. And then we were like, God bless you, man. Merry Christmas. And we just walked away. But I don't know where that took him, but he needed to hear it. I know he needed to hear it. Um, there are other examples where I've been able to connect with people later after giving them a word. And they're able uh, to explain to me what happened. Um, one guy, he told me everything that he's been going through. And then at the end of what he was sharing, he said, and by the way, this is the word that you gave me before this all happened. And it was exactly, you could see it was like a womb that carried all the, the power in it for the transformation that he was going to go through. A very little word. Um, it's very beautiful. You know, when, when God speaks, he's drawing people into love. He wants to draw them in. It's that paraclesis, to draw them close by. And he kind of has to lure you in, okay? He lures. We always wonder, why does Jesus speak in parables? It's so that we will want to know more. It's so that we will go seeking. And when you seek, his promise is that you will find. He lures you. That's what prophetic words do. That guy heard, you are filled with gifts. And that it came from the Holy Spirit. I told him, the Holy Spirit just told me that you are filled with gifts, filled with gifts. Jesus bless you, man. God bless you. And then um, um, I know the next thing that's going to happen is that Jesus is going to show up from another direction. It's like lured him towards the Lord. And then when Jesus is presented to him, it could be in a movie, it could be a commercial, it could be online, like an Instagram post, or another person who shows up and just says something. How many testimonies have you heard? Yeah, well, this happened, and then five minutes later, this happened in a totally different place. And it was just like, you just put two and two together. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm being pursued. This is real. Um, it's incredible. That's how God works. He works from different angles, and he works in power. So you're a part of that. You're a part of that, that luring people in. And God has given you the everything you need. You need nothing else. You have it all. Just being renewed in the mind that you do have it. And having the courage to take a risk. Um, in uh, Hosea, I think it's Hosea 2, verse 14. Yep, I was right. Hosea 2, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and lead her to the wilderness 
and speak to her tenderly. Petit, it means to be simple. So it's like, so he, it, that's why it means allure. It's like, I will prey on your simplicity. Petit, but it comes from the word pata. I will open her. I will open her. And will bring her, hamidbar, to the wilderness. I will bring her or walk her to the wilderness. Now, wilderness in Hebrew is midbar. Mem is a prefix, and the three-letter root is dabar. So dabar actually means word or utterance. I will lead her to the word. It's not really the wilderness. Midbar means wilderness, but it actually means literally from the word or with the word because the Jews had to go into the wilderness in order to hear the voice of God because he was so quiet. He's invisible and he's silent. He's hidden. Remember Isaiah 45, surely you are a God who hides. His that still small whisper. So they had to go into the wilderness in order to receive the law, right? Um, so they call the wilderness Midbar, from the word. So he, So there's this poetic thing happening here. I will allure her into the word, into the voice of God. And there speak lovingly or tenderly to her heart. It actually says to her heart, to her lub, which is her inner self. That guy, I speak that word, and that allures him. He wants more. I, I, what do you mean I'm full of gifts? What are my gifts? What are they? I'm filled with gifts because he's working there as a cashier, and he's got so many gifts. Cashiers, I'm not demeaning that. I just mean that the, he was a young man, and he's got a future. And God has many, has filled him with gifts. And he wants to fulfill all those gifts. He wants to fulfill your gifts. And he does that through a prophetic word. It draws him to want more. St. Paul says we see in part, so we prophesy in part. So that's just a little bit. A prophetic word just gives somebody just that little bit. And then they want more. They want more. It's beautiful, this, these, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what's even more profound is that you, believe, you belong to the family of God. And you, where the places you go, you can bring the joy of the kingdom. Um, I have probably done this hundreds, if not more, times. I've, I've done this hundreds and hundreds of times. It's incredible. I've ended up in gas stations, in grocery stores, in uh, Walgreens, or on um, in parks, holding hands with somebody, or just my hand on their shoulder, praying for them and them weeping. When I go to some place, things change there because I go with the Lord. The only thing that's shifted, I didn't actually do something to get more Lord in me. You know, what I did is I came into a renewal of the mind. I let God renew my mind and came into agreement with it. It doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is that I know who I am and I am meek to the Holy Spirit and I can allow him, I trust him, that he, it's his power and I know that his power is in me. So it's the same thing for you. You have everything that I have and I have everything that Jesus had and has. When Jesus was walking his earthly ministry, he had access to his Father. Because I've been baptized, I've been recreated in Christ Jesus, I have died and it is Christ who lives within me. I have access to my Father in heaven and everything that the Father wants to do on earth through me. All I got to do is walk in it. St. Paul says, I think it's in Ephesians 2, I believe, you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, prepared for you from of old that you might walk in them. In other words, God already prepared them from of old. He put them all together. He has them all set up. All you got to do is walk. But you, it just takes that renewal of the mind. So let's just, uh, if you can just humor me for this, for two minutes here. We're just going to ask the Lord to give us, um, I just want you to pause and just ask Jesus, say, Jesus, what do you want me to know about myself right now? You're going to ask him, ask him out loud, Jesus, what do you want me to know about myself right now?
I'll tell you what I heard. I heard, you are my beloved son and I am with you. Praise Jesus. Walking with that, there are no problems. There are no obstacles. There is nothing that it cannot be done. I can rest in in. I can rest in my identity as a son and walk. Jesus walked. He didn't run from town to town. He walked. He only had three years and he just walked. I can walk through my day today trusting that God will break in in the way that he wants to and He giving him permission to use me any way he wants. Here comes kingdom of God. Thank you so much for joining us on Shadow on the Water. I can't wait to share more with you. Uh, tune in again. We're going to have more and more podcasts. We are launching our uh, online mentoring community August 15th. If you're listening to this after August 15th, 2022, you want to get in on what we're doing so that we can nurture you in your gifts and we can speak truth over you and just bring you back to reality feel called to kind of give more guidance into what I'm sharing with you on this. It'll be much more in depth. Okay. So we just bless you and can't wait to see you next time.